Nick Kiprios here, and we need to talk new energy. New energy is a great tasting, chewable tablet I carry everywhere. Whether I'm broadcasting a late night doubleheader or going to an early morning pickup skate, new energy is, hands down, my go to to help promote alertness, wakefulness, and relieve fatigue with only ingredients I love. Look for the orange stick at a retailer near you, or look for my webpage at getnewenergy.com slash Kiprios. That's getneuenergy.com slash Kiprios. This product may not be right for you. Always read and follow the label. What's up? World Hockey Report with Cody and Adam recording this one Sunday night. I know Adam's been at the rink all weekend. Well, I guess I have two. I've hit like seven hockey games in the past four days. Been an absolute gong show. Adam, say what's up, buddy. How's Toontown? It's a bit of a depressing podcast. I went to four hockey games in three days. Friday was good. The Blades beat the Pats, and that was good. Saturday, the Huskies lost three rip to the Bears. Sunday, the Blades beat the Rebels, which was one nothing boring game, and then went from there to the Huskies game, and the Huskies ended up losing one nothing on a power play goal in the second period. So this is a depressing podcast. You saw two one nothing games in the same day? Yeah, in the same day. That's banana lands. Dude, I, I don't know if that's... Has that ever happened in the history of humans? That seems crazy. Yeah, I, I don't know. They're, they're both like pretty, pretty tough games to go to. Insane. Well, dude, I mean, I guess it's kind of... At least it was like better hockey. I mean... I got to hang out, watch some AAA. I got to see the Oil Kings game the other night. That was all right. They just absolutely filled the net on Brandon. Wasn't even close. I mean, I got a lot of beefs with that Brandon Wheat Kings team because they've got some skill. They're just one of the laziest teams it looked like. Plus, they couldn't get a save to save their lives, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, tons of NHL, though, to talk about. Um. Also, I'm still waiting for a tweet from Bob Stoffer as we called him out on Friday night. Oh, he he sent he sent it not to us, but he sent one. Oh, did he? I I didn't check it out, but uh, I'm sure he'd have a, a few words if he uh, felt like it. But maybe maybe he'll play nice guy on this one. There's like nine different numbers in it: twenty nine, two, one, three, one zero, three, fifty five, twenty eight, nineteen seventy two, seventy three. He used that many numbers in one tweet, so out of boy, Bob. It happens, it happens. Hey, uh, NHL though, let's get caught up on some stuff there. You were watching a bunch. Uh, you watched that Flames mini game. I was uh, out, I didn't get to catch that one, but let's start it off. I mean, boom, Hathaway, what do you get for that? He, did he get, he get two games, or what? Did they Have they said anything? No, he got nothing. Oh, really? Okay. No, he, no hearing, no hearing or anything. Well, whatever. I mean, he's still got, like, a match penalty game misconduct. It's a weird play. Like, Buddy was, like, trying to... It looked like Buddy was going to try to run him through the boards. Then all of a sudden, Hathaway just kind of, like, sidesteps him. It it looks bad from that one angle where it looks like he just, like, face slams him. Curb stomp into the boards. But, like, if you look at it from another angle, it kind of just looks like Hathaway just kind of, like, jumps out of the way and kind of helps him into the boards. So... A little bit of an interesting call, and I mean, it obviously hurt the Flames. Aside from them playing like dog shit, that that always hurts too. Yeah, I don't know what that was because 
Cunning went at him, and it seemed like Hathaway just kind of like went to grab him, and then as he put his arm down, Cunning's face hit the thing. But yeah, it's so weird because I don't think there is an intent to like shove his face into the end of the boards. I don't know, maybe Hathaway's that big of a scumbag that we don't know about. But like, yeah, as far as the game goes, I mean, that it's a long ceremony. Like both teams go through it. Uh, they just played bad. I mean. There's something about the Flames in Minnesota where I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Just because Minnesota's so average and the Flames, like, drop down to their averageness. But, yeah, Mike Smith had a had a tough go, especially on the winning goal with a little mishap with Noah Hannafin behind the net. And then the the goal, they got within one. And then Donato scored five hole in Smith. And I got to say this about Minnesota. I mean, Fenton did a good job putting them into more of a direction at the deadline where he got younger with Donato. He got more skilled with uh, Fiala. And man, Donato looked really good yesterday. Okay, before we get into Mike Smith, because you know I got to get a couple of words out. I also saw one of the hardest hits I've ever seen today. Kid got like hit into the stanchion. Like, like or is it stanchion? That's the thing on like the benches, right? Like the glass at the end of the bench, right? Yeah. Like, you, you remember that Patrick, or like when Chara hit Patrick into that thing? Yeah. Dude, I seen a kid get buckled into one of those today. Like, his helmet cage spun all the way around. It was insane. The rink went like dead quiet. It sounded like a bomb went off. Man, there's Just. a scary, there's a scary one in the Husky game today. Like, it it's not really a stanchion, but the, the Huskies captain got hit at the bench and it, he must have like a whiplash or his head hit up high I couldn't really see it from where I was sitting but he just fell or he like he stood there kind of like stood there wobbling and then fell and like grabbed onto the boards and then he went to get back up and he fell again so that's obviously like conch city but never want to see that yeah cte through a straw right there that's taken one uh okay moving on though mike smith as we said his just man you can't have that and everyone's like, oh, Smithy's been so good in his past six. Like, take the blinders off. Everyone knows. We've been talking about this for how long now? The Flames goaltending's not good enough, and they proved it today. So why would they sit around at the deadline hoping for the best when they know Mike Smith is going to pull performances like this? And it's just going to hurt the team. Like, it's such a just common sense thing of, hey, they're not good enough. Let's just face the writing on the wall. And instead, what does Calgary do? Well, let's let's give them a shot. Man, those five hole ones from the blue line can't go in. The time and the place of the game, he he misplays the puck to give them the go ahead. Then the Wild got another one. Flames get within one, and then he lets Donato just put the game away. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's we've talked about it on here before. Like when has rotating goalies ever worked out before where it's like oh we're going with a hot hand today no you shouldn't be going with a hot hand you got to go with one guy I think Bill Peters said he plans on going with one guy but who knows what if Smith plays bad I don't think he's going to be that guy and we talked about the Brian Elliott Chad Johnson debacle that ended the playoffs a couple years ago in a sweep so and honestly if you're looking at it right now man the Flames better hope they get a favorable first round or it could be the exact same why? Because Riddick hasn't had his hot start. He's cooled off. Mike Smith, you've got no clue what you're getting. I mean, hey, 
great guy. I'm sure he's a good community guy and all. Net mining wise, he's had better days. It's past. It's different NHL. As I mean, yeah, I mean you've got goalie buddies that are that are coming up through the ranks and everything, but it's just that that new style of offense. It's been said before is, you know, why can't some of these older goalies adapt? Why do guys like Henrik Lundqvist have some problems? Guys in their later 30s. They're different, though, because guys coming up from the minors are seeing all those young stars from juniors. I mean, they're just developing at a different time. It's a different era, different style of game. And it's tough for goaltenders to adapt. Guys aren't using wooden sticks anymore. And I... I mean, how old's Mike Smith? I bet you when he first started, guys were using woodies. Yeah, it's. They kind of said when they traded for him that he didn't have a lot of miles on him, which is true. But he's still been in the league for all those years, been through all those practices and training camps. Like he's he's not a young guy. They tried saying he was young because he never started until he was. I mean, in his late twenties, early thirties. So interesting. No move to say the least, on the Flames' behalf. But, yeah, I mean, the Wild looked good, obviously. You know, Donato's looking like a stud. Probably good for change of scenery, right? Like, you know, guys just... You get to throw on a different sweater. You got a different, I mean, group in the room. Fun. I mean, when when hockey's fun, that's when guys are buzzing. And so, I'm sure Donato's loving it. He's playing in the state of hockey. Also, the Minnesota High School Hockey Tournament. Sick. You got to check that out. Um, John Tavares, the other big thing. Back in New York, did you watch that game? Did you watch the the pregame, you know, the video tribute, all that other jazz? Yeah, I turned it on for first 15 minutes of the game just to kind of see, like, how they'd react to him. And then they said, oh, we're not going to commercial at the 12-minute mark. We're going to wait. But then there wasn't a whistle for, like, four minutes. So I was just, like, waiting and waiting. But... It was what you expected. I mean, he left the team as a free agent. He went and got paid money. I mean, the Islanders actually offered him more money because they could go the extra year there. But it's what you expected. Islanders fans seem like they're pretty sensitive because they haven't done anything for like 30 years, which, I mean, he was the one who scored the OT goal there to make it their first playoff series win in like 20 years. So... It's what you expected, though. It's it's funny. I think it's good for the game when people are throwing snakes and stuff on the ice. It's maybe not to like Brian Burke or Don Cherry, but I think it's funny. It gets a lot more love. It was funny. I mean, I had fun with all those jerseys and stuff, and I didn't really see the snakes. Like, I, I saw you tweeted something. I didn't really look too closely at it, not going to lie. But, yeah, it's funny. It's good attention. Yet again, man, Islanders fans, they, they just seem like they took it so personally. I don't know how you're, like, I can't put myself in those shoes. I've said it a million times. But how are you that generally affected or, like, offended by a player signing somewhere else? Like, dude, he's going to sign. He's going to play with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander. Like, Morgan Riley, Jake Garner, he's got Freddie Anderson in net. Dude, the Islanders were a dumpster fire when he left. All they had was Matt Barzell, and then Anders Lee was having a pretty good season. That's what he left on. And to all the people saying, oh man, we got a, a new rink coming. No shovel's even been put in the ground for a new rink. That's still three years away. Like, just stuff like that. And sure, he went home. I mean, it's not like he went to the Rangers or anything like that. You know, it's 
he went to the Leafs, the Islanders and Leafs have like no history. And I mean, it's, I think it was funny. It was, it was good. But what was Toronto doing where they gave him that big ovation with all the stands? Like I, I like to tweet and it was, he was booed, not stabbed. Like it's not like he's a local hero coming home. He got he got booed, and people yelled at him for three hours. You don't need to give him like a hero's welcome, like he saved the world or anything like that. Like, come on. That could have been. I was going to bring that up because that could have been one of my favorite tweets of the year. I don't know who to give credit to on that one, but it was hilarious. It was like he got booed, not stabbed. Frick, man, Leafs fans. That's the loudest that building's ever been. I bet you. I mean, it's it's all a suit and tie affair until John Tavares gets booed and everyone's like feels sorry for him. Jeepers! No, that was hilarious though. Did you see? Uh, I'm sure you saw Sean Avery's video. Give me give me your thoughts on that. I mean, Aves kind of kind of went off the rails, and I mean, I think everyone knows my thoughts. Your thoughts, kind of. I mean, I think he's kind of a loser. Got a big ego, but did you did you see the video? I mean, like, give me your thoughts. Uh, I think it's all for the clickbait. Like he's putting that out. He looks like a mannequin in the video, and I don't know. It's just for clickbait. He's just saying his thoughts. Obviously, he played for the Rangers and obviously probably hates the Islanders too. So it's one of those things you look at. It's like it's Sean Avery being Sean Avery, trying to stir the pot. He has nothing else to do. He's bragging about how good-looking his wife is on other podcasts, but... I don't really know what he does, and he's obviously just trying to trigger people and build content out of it. I think he's trying to be like an actor, an actress now, whatever whatever you want to go with there. So, interesting. I thought the video was exaggerated. I thought it was funny how, end of the day, it's like, okay, clearly you have these opinions because you played on the Rangers. Like, don't kid yourself. That, that guy would love to be in John Tavares' shoes, but instead he's just going to put a video out there, get his face in front of the camera, whatever. It happens. Uh, moving along. Oilers. They go in Hamburg. Okay, actually, no, uh, screw the Oilers. I don't want to talk about them this soon. Columbus. Man, did they trade and make themselves worse or what? They looked horrible. I think they've lost two or three straight now. Like, yikes. That's a team who supposedly stacked up at the deadline. It's the curse of Matt Duchesne. Go on, go on. Well... So he gets drafted to a lottery team, whatever, plays like six games in like, what, eight years or something in Ottawa. But, or in Colorado, my bad. But then he gets traded to Ottawa, a team who was lost in double overtime of game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, gets traded to Ottawa, things are looking whatever, and then they become the worst team in the league. And then he stays there, Carlson leaves, everybody leaves, and then he gets traded to Columbus, who's not even in a playoff spot, and then they become even worse. And I tweeted out, a lot of people are starting to agree. If you search Matt Duchesne curse on Twitter, you'll probably find some good content, and it's true. But Columbus, they lost to Edmonton. They lost to Winnipeg. Wheeler had, like, what, four goals? Um I don't know. I agree with what they did. Somebody's like, oh, do you think they'll fire the, the GM? No, I don't. I think that he... There's the old saying, you got to have a plan, or there's no such thing as a no plan plan, or it's the wrong way, but you got to have a plan. His plan was to go for it, give the people of Columbus something to actually talk about as far as a hockey team goes. So 
I still like the move if they make the playoffs or not. What if they don't make the playoffs, though? How do you justify losing six players in free agency and you just supposedly went all in at the deadline? I think, well, yeah, see, that's the tough part. I think they'll make the playoffs like Matt Duchesne, Ryan Dezingle, and not so much McQuaid, but still McQuaid. They add something to that team that they don't have, and it's not like they're out of it. Like, what are they, one or two points out of it as we do the show tonight? Um, They still have a lot of prospects and not so much draft picks, but let's say all those guys leave in the offseason. Maybe they're that team, and Ottawa, Ottawa could do the same thing where they call Calgary and say, hey, we'll take James Neal, but you're giving us a one along with the contract or Edmonton. Hey, we'll take Lucic, but we'll take Pugliarvi. You know, stuff like that where it's like there's ways to make your team better. And Columbus didn't give up Liam Foody, who was their top pick, or they still got Jones, Marensky, and apparently a couple goalies. Uh, what, Merzlikens is the one. What do you know about him? I got no clue. And Vanalainen, Vanny Vanalainen, he was the other. So that's from, from the the mouth of our boy Ray, but they still got stuff there. It's just if those guys leave, that's a lot of cap space. It is. It, man, I don't know. I just, I just look at it like, hey, all this hype was around the deadline. Columbus is making moves, and boy, watching them, that's not a good hockey club right there. That's a club in disarray. That's pretty much looking. I get it. They're two points out of a playoff spot. But they're not doing anything if they're in playoffs. Also, I got to watch the Islanders. Heck, I don't know. Maybe it was today or something. When did they play in Philly? It might have been today at the Coliseum. That doesn't look like a good hockey team either. I don't know how they were sitting first in the Metro for so long. They're going to be in trouble in playoffs. No way they win a series. Not a chance. Yeah, I don't. But it's so weird because last year everyone's like, oh, the the Cinderella juice is going to run out of on Vegas. Everybody probably wants to play them in the playoffs. And then they went to the cup final. And it's kind of like that with the Islanders to an extent. But I, I do agree that if there's one team you'd want to play, it's probably the Islanders. And it's not Pittsburgh or Washington or Toronto or Boston or Tampa. I would literally take the Islanders over the Montreal Canadiens in a heartbeat, without a doubt. What's your uh, what's what's your thoughts on Vegas this year, though? Like, they're sitting all right. Hey, I mean, Flory's got his eighth shutout. Are you kidding me? That's a joke. The guy's got eight shutouts. Vegas is back to third. Like, everyone's like, oh, one and done. Like, they're going to be garbage. Dude, they're still competing in that Pacific. They got San Jose in the first round. They can get past them. They could do some damage. Yeah, it's tough to judge them right now because they're in the Toronto-Boston mold of last year and kind of this year where they don't have anything to play for. They're locked into the three-seed. Edmonton isn't catching them, and San Jose and Calgary aren't dropping either. So they're tough to judge. I said this last week about the trade deadline where I'm not the – they don't – they're forwards, I mean – Old Wild Bill, did anybody think that he was going to be a 43-goal scorer every year? Which, I mean, he's still got like 20-some this year, but obviously a a big drop-off. The depth isn't quite there where all those guys are settled in and maybe the chip on the shoulder is gone. Uh, Mark Stone came to their team and he instantly leads their team in points by like 20, which 
it's a good get for them, but it kind of says something about their lack of depth. Flurry, like they should just rest him. I mean, he doesn't really have much to play for. And then the defense still isn't like, like they're a solid group of six, but Nate Schmidt is a number one. I like Nate Schmidt, but not as a number one or two, you know? And going back to, uh, like, a, I guess it's almost a week ago. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that, that Chara hit on Evander Kane when Boston was playing San Jose. You see all that? Like, I mean, what's your what's your thoughts on that? Because Twitter was obviously blowing up. It's kind of just a, a big guy hitting a small guy. And then, I mean, Evander Kane goes and throws some shade on Twitter. Yeah, it's funny. But, like, do, do you think the hit was that bad? Like, is that really an avoidable hit? Yeah, I don't know. It was just, like, kind of contact. Like, it's not like... I don't know, it's so tough to judge any Chara hit ever, just because he's got, what, six inches on Evander Kane, so it's so tough to judge those where it's like, he gets hit in the head, he he rubs a guy out and it looks bad, but I don't know, I'm not the biggest Evander Kane fan as a guy who's basically like cheered for teams against him all the time, obviously, so there's that. Good for him for fighting him, like Kane's a, a tough kid, but fighting Chara, like, I mean, it's probably not going to go great. The The Twitter stuff is good, though. Like, the NBA gets so much kind of flack, but it's kind of good for the NBA where it's like, man, like, all these stars are, like, being so dramatic on Twitter where it's funny and it's it's probably good for the game where Kane did the three blind mice gif when it was announced Chara wouldn't have any supplemental discipline. And then he did the bird box thing, too. So it was funny. I like it. I mean, it's good. It's, as you said, you know, it shows the character. It gets the guys out there. Can't all just sit in the room all the time and hide. Whatever. Let the guys be themselves. I, I think that whole Twitter thing's funny. It gets the NHL guys are like, oh, man, this hockey player just called out the refs. Good. That's good for the game. Good little chuckle. You see the, uh, the Aginla little banner raising? As I said, I was out for that one, so I didn't uh, watch any of it. Saw a couple of little video- videos. Saw the banner raising. Looked awesome. I like the. I mean, the biggest thing is that is he the best Calgary Flame ever? I said it. I think he is. But uh, your take on that? Yeah, I think he is. Uh, I don't think like it's hard to argue with those older guys like Theo Fleury, mm, Lionel McDonald. Yeah, like it's. And he was there for so long, too. I remember when he got traded for, what were those guys' names? Like, the worst trade ever, Kenny Agostino and somebody else. Obviously, the guys aren't uh, Agostino kind of plays. But I remember when he got traded, it was like mid-game, third period, and the Iggy chants were going out. Uh, Probably the best flame of all time. He had over 500 goals with the team. And he didn't leave on bad terms. I mean, the team wasn't very good. I uh, got traded to a cup team, you know, stuff like that. The weirdest part of his career was him signing in Colorado and just getting absolutely nothing, then tr- getting traded to LA and then still missing the playoffs. Yeah, he jumped around there a little bit at the end. That's obviously a sour taste. I'm sure if you're a Flames fan. But also, as soon as I sent that tweet, I'm like, best Flame ever. I'm like, am I selling Mika Kippersoft short here? Because it, it's, it's hard to doubt what what kipper did for the flames he never like he never won a vesna or anything did he like i mean i think a lot of people when they think of again they think of his fight with the cavalier and him getting 
the 500 goals like off the skate against Minnesota. I guess the biggest thing was his play, uh, his play with Crosby there with the golden goal. I think the craziest Kippersoft stat is, is he was a 70 game goalie for like eight straight years where he's 74, 74, 76, 76, 73, 71, 70. Like that's insane. That is crazy. Actually. Could you imagine playing that many games and he did he won the Vesna in 0506 so i was wrong there okay i was just i was just uh trying to whip that up on the phone but yeah dude he was crazy and he was man I, everyone says he's just a chain smoker too eh like they're like he, everyone else would be in the gym he'd just be sitting on like the the bench just like ripping darts didn't care like he was he was just that naturally skilled of a goaltender that he would make things look easy and that that's like the perfect goaltender because I bet you in all those years like he put up like nine tens for the most part did he not? Uh yeah his the middle part of his career like he was nine oh six nine oh three nine twenty nine oh six so that wasn't great but I mean when he was on he was on and you talk about it now where it's like like guys playing more than fifty five games is unheard of like you need a good backup goalie. Yeah, if you hear guys playing 55 games, it's like they take the next two weeks off for rest. Vasilevsky style. Speaking of old guys, though, playing a lot. You saw that Yager video. Oh, my goodness. He's still flying. This is like, I don't know if it was his first game of the year or whatnot, or first game after Christmas, something like that. Man, he just beamed one. He's still got it. For an old guy, like, I get it. His skating's not there. His agility's not there. But, dude, he's got a beam. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Like, how old is he now? 47 or something? So, yeah, that's pretty sweet. He is playing in the, what, like, 6th or 7th best league in the world. So, take that into account. But still still nice to see old Yager stick his ass out and get the position and score. Okay, let's not call it the 6th or 7th best league because, fun fact for you, that's where I was. So I don't want to pump my tires, not a big deal, but at least I'm not getting lit up by Yager, right? Think of the positives. That was true. <laughs> um, I mean, the Oilers, though, as, as we've, uh, we've talked about it before, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but with them winning these games and just kind of floating around in limbo land, does, wouldn't this kind of piss you off if you're a fan? You're like, oh, man, like we're not going to do anything. We might not make playoffs. And now we're going to give ourselves another 12th overall pick come the draft. Yeah. I, it's so weird, though, with that franchise just because they like have to win games or else they get shit on. And as we've said before, the, the corporate suite situation was up after three years and this is year three. And it's like, well, like, what are they? They're six points out or something. The only thing is... I'd feel a lot more confident if they're six pointed out and they're like the only team in the hunt, but they're six points out and there's like Minnesota's there. Vancouver's fallen off. So they're not really there, but it's like, there's so many teams in between them. And if those teams are facing each other and stuff, like then it's, it's tough to tough to do, I guess, because like, let's say Arizona plays Minnesota. That's two points for one of those teams that the Oilers aren't getting. So yeah, Chicago, Colorado, Arizona, Minnesota, Dallas, all within, and Edmonton, and Vancouver, all within eight points. So that's a lot of teams and a lot of help you're hoping to get. 
and another team that's a dumpster fire. Just can their coach. Uh, you, you, you tweeted that one out. Um, Guy Boucher fired in Ottawa. They replaced him with a weird one, though. Like, Mark Crawford, I get it. He's got a lot of experience. But, boy, some of the stories you hear from his former players, like, they just, like, despise the guy. Like, spit on the ground. It's that bad. So, I don't know. Like, is that the right fit for just the current NHL? Like, a hard-ass guy who's kicking guys on the bench? I don't know. Like, it, it seems interesting. But, yet again, what, what was your first thoughts when you saw that Crawford was taken over? Well, like anything in Ottawa, I think it's just uh, just what does, like, is this actually a move that Pierre Dorian made? Like, what does Eugene Melnick have to do with it? And that's that's like anything in Ottawa, you know. The, the Boucher thing, I can see why he would get fired, obviously, on Monday after the deadline. Dorian's like, nope, he's our coach. And then what do you get fired on Thursday or Friday? So... Just weird timing. You you wonder who who it's coming from. Probably Melnick. I can see why Boucher would be fired though. He got fired in Tampa because he played the most boring game in the world, right? Like the one three one four check where guys are just standing around trapping, like boring shit like that. But what are you gonna do in Ottawa? Like what would he get fired for? And man, the press release the Senators put out, and it was. It was honestly a job description. Like if you pulled up Indeed or something like that, the Senators press release of what they wanted for a new coach was, you know, a, a good young mind who communicates with all aspects or people open and where everybody knows. Like it was actually ridiculous just reading it. Like, I'm, you know, so surprised why, like why a team would do that. And just another thing with the Senators, when they traded Eric Carlson and Mark Stone, they didn't actually say it in their press release. It was Senators speed up their rebuild and acquire a lot of assets in a trade today. Like, you know, just shit like that in the organization. Crawford's probably a scapegoat there until they find another guy. But if I'm a young coach who knows I'm getting another job in the hockey world, your first question is in an interview in Ottawa is how much is Melnick really involved here? And if the answer is yes, you're probably walking out of the door. Yeah, it's a tough organization to get in. I mean, they've just so many ups and downs there already. Is that really like a, a room you want to step in? I get it. They get some good young pieces. But just organization-wise, probably uh, not the best fit. Um, here's here's one from earlier this week. I know you're going you're gonna to find this funny. Jimmy Murphy, named Ring of Bell, yeah, like I've, I've heard of him just because people have ripped on him before. Didn't really know the guy or whatever. He decides to go and tweet out that the Oilers were about to trade Adam Larson for Connor Brown. Stupid tweet. Doesn't make sense. Can't imagine it happening for one. And then, yeah, I mean, he, we, pff, whatever. The guy's an idiot. And all of a sudden he just went off. So, man, like, pff. He's, he's going to call us an idiot, but yet again, he's trying to say that the Oilers were going to trade Adam Larson for Connor Brown. Give me a break. Like, all these rumors out there, guy just looking for attention. Yeah, I think that's his, his shtick, kind of. And if you look at his tweets, he gets 9,000 replies on it because he's such a such an idiot. And then he like was like just coming back at us hard and stuff. And it's like, man, you were wrong about the trade. Bob Stoffer, who has his fingers in every pie in the Oilers organization, 
said you were wrong about the trade. Elliot Friedman, the most famous insider, maybe outside of Bob or Dregs, said you were wrong about the trade. But yet you're going to come at us when we say, what a clown you are for getting every trade wrong, you know? Yeah, then he's trying to chirp us like, oh, you guys know nothing. Like, I've got 20,000 followers. It's like, shut up. You're an NHL handicapper. Whatever that is. I mean, it's just a guy that spends money on hockey, essentially. Guy's kind of a clown. Yeah, was, I thought that was funny. Then when he tried to come after us for hockey, I was like, hey, uh, who broke that stone trade? Yeah, shove it, bud. I don't know. Jimmy Murphy. Gotta come on the pod. Let's uh, let's let's do it. Let's get Murphy's lawn. But yet again, maybe break a trade first, and then we'll talk. Uh, moving along. I don't know. Like there, there was a there's funny things this week, but like, man, Wayne Simmons. I uh, that's still one that baffles me in Nashville. Have you got to watch him play yet with the Preds? I saw a little bit of the Jets game, and he was blowing his top off. I don't know how to say this nicely. It's like he doesn't fit in there. Like he's too high emotion. He's he was almost too perfect for Philly that he just doesn't fit in in Nashville. Like he's got that little Broad Street bully effect to him, and he's playing in Nashville where guys are just happy to sit on the bench. Whatever they they just pick up their points. They're not really an intense team by any means, so. It just looks like a weird acquisition, and I watched uh, probably a couple periods of it, and I'm like, ooh, I'm not sure that's uh, the right fit for him. But that's early, That's just early speculation. Yeah, with with Nashville, it's it's like you basically picked like what you were picking from at that point because they probably were in on Kevin Hayes more so, in on Stone, uh, in on Duchesne, and all those guys left, so it's like, Here's Wayne Simmons for you, and he's having the worst year of his career. Uh, you've seen how much Lucic has deteriorated because, I mean, so you want about Milan now, but in his time, he was a, a very effective power forward, and Simmons is kind of starting to, to look like that. His contract will be interesting. I think it'll depend a lot on his playoff performance. But, yeah, I'll say this about him in Philly, though. I mean... They got James Van Riems like in the off season, and Leafs fans hearing this will say, "Oh yeah, he's a power play specialist." Yeah, so Van Riems like took Simmons' spot in the power play, which I guess old Wayne Train wasn't tough. And uh, another thing that I did uh, just pick up on Twitter there is um, I just saw a tweet about Koskinen. He's been better since Cam Talbot was moved, but I really just. Don't see him being that number one guy that they hope. Like that that shootout, real bad. I don't know. That's uh, I, I want to see more of Stolars. Why did the Oilers like? I guess yeah, sure they're going for playoffs and stuff. But you acquire a guy like Stolars. I don't think he's got a start yet. Has he? It's been there for like two weeks, sitting on the bench. Just just relief on the Leafs game. See, I'm I'm not a fan of that. Like. You're just going to, like, it's almost like you're building up the nerves. Try to put yourself in his shoes there. You get traded to a new team. You're like, what am I getting this start? What am I getting this start? And you got Hitch just sitting in his office eating poutine or something. So I don't know. Give the kid a start. Throw him a bone. You just traded for him. Give him a shot. Don't just ride Koskinen and throw him in when you're down 5 nothing. going into the third. 
stupid. Yeah, he. Uh, I've never seen a goalie that big give up so many goals over his shoulder. Like you're six foot seven, why are you on your knees all the time? You know, and stuff like that. Uh, he's under his crossbar a lot, which probably leads to those goals. He's he's probably the most frustrating goalie to watch because. He lets in the goals that he should save, and he makes the saves that he should let in. So if he just played a normal, like, 9.15 pace, you know, it'd be fine. But he's, like, he's so good sometimes and so questionable other times where it's, like, that's the guy that you gave, what was it, $13 million to? So, yeah, I don't know. Did you see that, uh, that what I just shared this, this evening? There was that club hockey, that ACHA game, South Carolina and Clemson. They were playing for a charity game, dude. It was like, I don't, I don't want to sound rude or anything, but like, I, I think someone in like uh, the ACHA or someone passed away. So they're doing a charity game. I think they're just raising funds for them or some foundation. And dude, these guys start brawling out there. That's hilarious. Get if you don't see the video, you gotta go check it out. It's on our page, of course, at World Hockey RPT. But dude, did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. If you started a brawl in that situation, you're probably a loser. Man, but, like, the kid got wrecked into the boards, and then it just all-out melee. Like, what type of charity game puts two rival teams against each other? Like, you wouldn't do a Philly versus Pittsburgh charity game and let the actual NHL teams play it out. Kind of seems like just a mess in the making. Yeah, that's a strange uh, strange game to schedule. Anything else uh, you wanted to talk about hockey-wise? I think we're pretty much uh, through my show notes. Yeah, that's... That's about it. Uh, you see Jakob Silverberg pop the bottle off. I did. I was watching uh, SportsCenter highlight tonight. Hasn't he done that like twice now? Like the exact same shot, same water bottle. I Also, I'm not a fan of having the water bottles behind the net. Like I think that's just a stupid. The water bottle holder could be the stupidest invention ever. Never used one, never will. Yeah, a lot of goalies like didn't use the old ones when it was right on top, which is weird. He signed a contract, by the way. Uh, five years. I think it was around five and a half million. That's a that's a decent player to give that money to. I mean, for Anaheim though, like you sign Silverberg, you still got to get rid of Getzlaff and well, not so much Getzlaff, but Perry Kessler, Henrik. Like it seemed like Silverberg could have been the ones to go though. Didn't he sign that contract a while ago though? I saw that and I was like, I swear this was announced a long time ago. No, there's tweets. There's probably a weekly tweet for the past couple months where it's they have agreed on a number, but term is the issue. And it's I don't think he actually ever signed it. Okay. Yeah, because I, I saw that and I was like, man, I thought we tweeted something out a while ago. But fair enough. I guess if they hadn't actually agreed on it, all just speculation. Fun enough. I don't know. He's a good player, though. It's it's a, It's a solid piece for Anaheim. They don't have much to build around, so you got to make uh, hay with what you got. He's a good player. He's been good in playoffs too. That's one of the times where you know you really notice them. So all in all, I like the addition. I mean, you got to keep those guys around. You got a goalie in Gibson there, one of the best young netminders. You got to do something. You can't waste his prime, like Montreal did with Carey Price. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I actually do have another thing I need to talk about. Do you want to hear how crazy the Tuesday Blades game was? Blades and Lethbridge, I, I'm i in the media lounge. 45 scouts signed in for the Blades and Lethbridge Hurricanes game on Tuesday. Obviously, 
Kirby Dock, the number two ranked North American skater. Dylan Cousins, the number three ranked North American skater. But yeah, 45 scouts. And if you look up, I believe it's section like 39 or one or something like that. And it's just filled with all, all the scouts. So that was pretty cool to see. Did that double their game attendance or what? Nah. <laughs> they, they've been doing, they've been doing well at, They've been doing pretty good. Have they? Good. Well, that's that's it's always been a, a struggle in Saskatoon there. So it's about time they're like, damn, they got a good team and everything. Just that city's got to get behind it. It it kind of like baffles me. It's like, hey, you've got a really good junior team. Even I was at like the Edmonton game the other night there. I get it, Edmonton's bigger than Saskatoon, but there was at least eight thousand, probably closer to nine, in the building. And so, I don't know, like, you just think, you're like, man, Saskatoon's got so much more to watch than Edmonton. And it's just, the, like, people just don't get behind the blades. Yeah, I don't know. People are, people are, and it's, everyone's always like, oh, well, the rink is too far away. But it's like, it's not too far when you have to go to a concert or a game or something like that. Uh, it'll be interesting, though. I think that they've done a lot better this year. Obviously, like, their first um it just seems junior hockey as a whole the attendance is down which i don't know it's weird i mean this is what i say i say like kirby doc for Dylan cousins they're going to be in the nhl in two years two or three years you can come see them for 15 dollars now or 150 dollars in edmonton you know exactly but you're you're so right with the whole just junior hockey attendance down and it's i mean it's why hockey's hurting as a whole like even look at just your typical junior a junior b senior league in canada everyone's struggling a little bit but that's there's so much hockey on tv now everything's available online not going to complain i probably stream 95% percent of the games i watch illegally not a big deal thank you reddit streams big shout out um, but yeah, it's just, I, I, there, there's really nothing like it. Like, dude, you got some of the best young prospects in the world. And how many people are in Saskatoon? Like, I don't know, like 200 and some thousand. That's bonkers though. Like, what do you think they average? Like 4,000 a game? Yeah, roughly. Roughly. See, I don't know. Seems a little Saskatoon. If you're listening, you better get on board. Um, yeah. That's uh, that's pretty much all I got. Unless you got anything else that's uh, burning a hole through you. No, I think that's good. Maybe we'll get a guest next week. Yeah, true. That's uh, maybe maybe we bring on the, the drop the Ings interview. Maybe maybe we pick up another one. I've got a I've got a couple. Just uh, some guys backing out. We'll get some funny ones on here for you. Now that uh, NHL, we're kind of getting into that slow season again as uh, playoffs creep up. So yeah, I'm sure we could drop that. Of course blogsworldhockeyreport.com we're on twitter at worldhockeyrpt check us follow on there dm tag us and stuff whatever you want we're also going to be getting a giveaway big shout out new energy's hooking us up we're going to be giving away some cool swag some product all that stuff maybe even seat geek on board hey we'll figure it out though of course adam let's get out of here though it's late sunday night episodes dropping on monday peace out See ya.